reading from the book of Acts. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk, and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. The word of the Lord. Well, good morning again. As we prepare to hear from God's word, I'm going to share one more brief word of prayer. So please bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today's sermon is titled True Blessing, and I want to begin with this question. Have you ever received a gift that wasn't really a blessing? Have you ever received a gift that wasn't really a blessing? I shared this question with my staff, and I said, okay, staff, what stories might you have? And two of the young ladies started laughing out loud, and they shared their stories Uh, This story I'm about to share comes from Allie Huggins, who serves in our student ministry. She said when she was 12 years old, or excuse me, about to turn 12 years old, her uncle said, hey, do do you want me to throw you a birthday party? We'll have a pool party. We'll do some grilling out. You can invite friends. What do you think? And she said, wow, that's, that's really sweet. I, I would love to have a pool party for my 12-year-old birthday party. Sure. And here's a, here's a picture of Allie, just in case you don't know her. But uh, she shows up at the pool party and the grill out, and some weird stuff is rolled out. First, in terms of food, they served three items, she recalls. First, hush puppies. Okay, a little odd for a 12-year-old birthday party, but nonetheless, hush puppies. Second, gator bites. And third, whole-breasted quail. And she said you could see the whole animal. And uh, none of her friends wanted to eat any of it. And the uncle said, well, with all the meat, I've killed all of it myself and cooked it for you. And she said it even was weirder because everyone was dressed in camouflage. It was a camouflage birthday party, right? Have you ever received a gift that wasn't really a blessing? As we look at our passage this morning, 
I think it's safe to say that this man who encountered Peter and John experienced more than a blessing. And that gets to the heart of what I think God is trying to share with us this morning. The big idea, the big takeaway for me and for us is this. True blessing is found not in what we have, but who we have in Jesus Christ. And I think there's three kind of charges or calls to action for us. First, lift your prayers. Second, lift your limits. And third, lift your praise. So we're going to unpack these three points briefly over the next few minutes. First, friends, we're called to lift our prayers. The story begins, Acts 3. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. And at three in the afternoon, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. The first thing I want to invite us to do is note the details. This book, the book of Acts, it's the second book of one volume written by Luke. Luke, the medical doctor. And so as he writes, you want to take note of his details. And uh, these are some of the things he highlights. He says, John and Peter, they're headed to prayer. Where? At the temple. What time is it? It's three o'clock. If you know elsewhere in scripture, three o'clock is actually the time Jesus was led towards his crucifixion. Uh, there is a man lame from birth who's been carried in, set outside of the temple to beg for money. This man has never walked seemingly in his whole life. And that's the scene. And, and if you're like me, how easy would it have been to dismiss this man on the sidewalk or at the temple gates? As a youngster, I remember going to New York City. Do we have any people from New York City or the New England area this morning? I remember in the 80s going up to New York City, and the homeless population was everywhere throughout the city. In, in the dead of winter, you would see homeless people making houses out of cardboard boxes um, above the potholes because there would be steam coming up from under the potholes. And it was so unsettling and so sad, but it was also far too easy for people just to walk by them. How easy would it have been for John and Peter to walk by this lame man? And also, how easy would it have been for this man to dismiss his God? Lame since birth. He cannot walk. And, and I think... As we see in this passage, something has happened to this man's heart, to this man's hope. Lame since birth, this man was no longer seeking healing, but simply seeking a handout. And can you blame him? Just imagine how many times over and over again he might have cried out to God, can you relate to him? Is there any area in your life where you've day after day, month after month, year after year cried out to God and said, have mercy on me? 
and yet you're still lame, you're still struggling, you're still in pain. Is all hope lost? Has your heart become hard? God is calling us, God is calling you to lift your prayers. St. Augustine says it like this, longing is the heart's treasury. But this man and maybe some of us have turned down the volume on the longings of our hearts. C.S. Lewis warns us through these words, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. Just like this man, have you turned off your heart? God is saying, turn up your heart, lift up your prayers and come to me. All hope is not lost. Point two, lift your limits. The passage goes on to read, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. So here you have Peter and John. They don't walk by and dismiss the man. They turn the man. They see him and they invite the man to see them and through them, Jesus Christ. No money, no time, no space or privacy, no problem. We're about to do God's work right here, right now. And I want, for those who are bent more towards theological, nerdy side of things, note where this healing happens. Does it happen in the temple or outside the temple? Is God restricted to work in, in just inside of church walls or outside the church walls? Does he want to work in your home, in your neighborhood, in your schools? You betcha. No money, no time, no privacy, no problem. You see, life's greatest gift is not found in possessions, but power, the powerful gift and love of Jesus Christ. And that's what they offered to this man in this moment. I love how this theologian says it. The power was Christ, but the hand was Peter's. God is saying, Dan, Jonathan, Tricia, lift your prayers and lift your limits. See what I can do. And I just wonder, what if we all stopped and extended prayers for the ordinary people in our lives? What might happen? As I was preparing this week's sermon, I couldn't help but think of an encounter I had with a leader out of London named Ken Costa. Back in 2010-11, I was being recruited by a couple different groups to plant a church in New York City or Miami. We spent over a year flying teams down to Miami. 
I had over seven digits worth of commitments financially to go to Miami. We were right on the brink of leaving the New York City area to move to Miami. And I was at the Holy Trinity Brompton Leadership Conference, and Ken Costa is one of the lay leaders there. And a friend of mine said, hey, I think you should meet Ken. So Carly and I, my wife and I, went and we went to Ken's flat. That means home in British talk. We went to his flat. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had an encounter like this where you start sharing your story and the person just starts going, mmm, mmm, mmm. So I started going, mmm. I didn't know what to do. So he just listened to us, talked with us about our heart for the Lord, heart for the lost, what, what was stirring, and he said, can I pray for you? I didn't know this guy. So he prayed for us. Late, I believe that night, late, we were at our hotel and we got a call from Ken Costa. And he said, hey, can you come back to my flat? I believe the Lord has a word for you. So we jumped in one of those funny looking taxis they have in London and we went to his flat and he said, I was golfing all day with my investment banking friends and God just gave me a word and I tried to shake it, but I can't shake it. I need to share it. God is telling me to tell you, you need to tarry by the Jordan. Okay, what does that mean? And he says, you need to wait for a fresh impartation of the Holy Spirit before you make your next move. What he was saying is wait, don't rush. Wait on the Lord. And his, his message, that word, really landed because the truth is, even though others were pushing us towards Miami and we had all the resources necessary to go to Miami, we did not have a peace in our hearts to go to Miami. And so within two weeks, we pulled the plug on a year's worth of research and said, we're not going to Miami. Now what? And a week after that, a group flew from Charleston, South Carolina, a church planning group. I'd never even visited Charleston, and they recruited us down to Charleston, and here we are today. Ken dared to pray with us to spend time in the ordinary with Carly and me. And what, what would it look like if we extended that same offer to pray over others, to lift our limits? Henry Nouwen has this to say, God's kingdom is a place of abundance where every generous act overflows its original bounds and becomes part of the unbounded grace of God at work in the world. For those of you who call Jesus Lord and Savior, don't you want to be part of his unbounded grace, of his work in the world? I do. So let's stop limiting how God can move in our lives. Let's lift up our prayers. Let's lift up our limits. And lastly, we're encouraged to lift up our praise. The man is healed. He rises, and it says he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God, kind of like Leslie. And when all the people, 
saw him walking and praising God. They recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You see, a life touched by Jesus leads to a life that praises Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. And often I talk about our stories and life change happening in here. But today I want to take a different approach and I want to share about life change and praise happening elsewhere. So Tiff, if you could cue this video. Traffic advisory, Mike Alpha Delta from Centani to Corpo. Now crossing the ridge uh, just above Sela, maintaining 1-2000. There'll be a big party when we land. They'll be dancing and singing. <laughs> pastor had said, it says in, in the Gospel of John that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And Jesus is that Word, and Jesus is coming, and we need to be there to meet Him. Just blew me out of the water. I thought, Lord, this is how we know that it's you doing something here. Amen. 
A life touched by Jesus leads to a life that praises Jesus. That's a picture of the future of our church. A lot of dancing and singing, hooting and hollering. Kids especially, I want you to know this. You're created for joy. You're created to sing. You're created to dance. Your life is made for praise. King David, as he was fleeing, some of his adversaries actually leaned into this truth. He just about was killed, and he wrote Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. My hope for every person in this room, it's not just a matter of what God's doing in us. It's what God's doing in me, in you, where you can say, Luke, this is my God. This is my story. This is my mission. Deeply personal, transformational. And what if we dared to declare God's work like this in our lives? Imagine the impact that would make. So in summary, true blessing is found not in what we have, but who we have, and that's Jesus Christ. So friends, let's lift our prayers. Some of you have calloused hearts that have been shut off. God is saying, turn your heart back on. Friends, we're called to lift our limits Let's not restrict the limitless love of God and how we can extend that to others. And we're called to lift our praise. Let's let the world see our rejoicing and invite them in. I'm reminded of A.W. Tozer's quote, God is looking for people through whom he can do the impossible. What a pity we plan only things we can do by ourselves. May we as people, as a church, let God unleash the impossible in us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would search us and know us, know every single heart in this room. God, where there's hardness and brokenness, God, would you have people lift their hearts and trust to you, trusting in your timing and in your sovereignty. You promised to make all things new. God, for those of us who live with low limits, would you just explode those boundaries? May you lift our limits as to what you want to do in and through our lives, in our world, in our church, in our families. God, would you give us a song to sing? May your praise break through in our lips and our lives. May people say, I am called to joy in that love and that fellowship. We praise one people in Jesus' name, amen.